The economy is not a free market. We have a for-profit market that generates benefits to the issuers of money. Money in a for-profit market, FPM, is a commodity or product issued to benefit the issuer. Two profit streams are available, inflation and interest payments. People die because they cannot participate in the FPM. Profits come first. A free market must have free money in the sense it is free of commodification. Free markets produce no profits because the money used is not sold, rented, lent, or profited from. Economic development is solely the result of specialization, not profitization. Free markets produce and encourage specialization, not profitization. A unit of account has no value in a free market. Let's imagine OG making an arrowhead out of quartz. Those who make lower-quality arrowheads see the value in what OG produces. His labor has value inherent in the product he produced. But there is no money and so Jag offers a chunk of meat. If the size is too small, it can be increased in size and if too big it can be reduced. This is barter and it poses a lot of exchange problems, not in exchange but in maintaining accounts. It's not that JAG has nothing that OG wants at the time equal in value to the arrowhead. The exchange could be completed over hours, weeks or years, if the value of the arrowhead could be quantified and the balance outstanding reconciled from time to time. What if OG declared his arrowheads to be a currency? Not only must JAG pay to possess an arrowhead he had to have arrowheads if he wished to trade with anyone else in the tribe? The free market of barter is turned into a for-profit market designed to make OG profits. Had this not happened JAG would have learned to specialize in some way to make something that OG wanted for his arrowheads. The more the tribesmen specialized the more in better goods and services they would have. But the more specialization happens the greater the need for a unit of account. This is where the world got it wrong. Money is not the issue. The problem is reconciliation. We need to learn periodically who owes what to whom. Who has outstanding credits and who has outstanding debits. If we cannot do this, we have neither a free market nor justice. But why ought Sam be able to borrow a million dollars to purchase assets he destroys and is unable to pay back, just so a bank can make profit? The fact that Sam did not pay the million back means society and future generations pays the bank by an erosion of the value of the outstanding loans. But if this is as far as our investigation takes us, we do not understand the problem. OG chose a flint and made an arrowhead. So did Goa. But Goa's arrowhead is unbalanced and ugly and has no value. The value of what OG did was contained in the work he did. This gives us the labor theory of value. But what if Goa captured the only supply of flint the tribe had so no one else could make arrowheads? Goa's arrowheads would now have a monopoly value in that he represented the only source of flint and flint products the tribe had. If OG wanted flint he would need to buy it from Goa. If he did not buy the flint the tribe would be forced to use the inferior product produced by Goa. Whether Goa decided to force the tribe to use flint or arrowheads as a means of exchange is up to him and his level of ambition. 
but if he had forced the tribe to use arrowheads as currency and then decided to use pieces of ratskin with his mark on them as a more convenient kind of money, nothing fundamental would have changed. Goa still had a commodity he produced for profit that the rest of the tribe used as a barter unit or what we call a means of exchange. We all understand this, but what we fail to appreciate these ratskins are not a unit of account. They are a monetized commodity produced for profit by a powerful entity that ought never to have been permitted this level of power. This is not an ethical issue, it is a logical one. Goa did not create flint and has no legitimate claim to these things of nature. No one does. We saw that when we had a free market, OG and Goa were paid according to the value of their labor. Once the market, because focused on profit, everything changed. Money has become a source of problem not because someone owns and issues the currency but because someone has laid claim to an asset and found a way to profit from the ownership of it rather than from the labor added to it. It is this ownership of assets and the profiteering that flows from the claim of ownership that is the true problem. We own only what we create, and we have no claim on anything created by others. Regardless of what you think is justified, no human being created anything physical or any part of the natural world. We add value to nature, we make nature more usable, but this labor only transforms what exists, it adds nothing real to what exists. Being the first to cite a piece of land or being more violent or ready to use force that your competition does not make you the legitimate owner of anything. Profit is always unearned income, always. Profit is the incremental value added to an asset because of unjustified ownership. Profit is what Goa added to his supply of flint to permit access to what did not ever belong to him. To socialize ownership does not mean we give the profit-making option to the state or some other governing authority. No human being or agency has the right to own nature or to profit from his or her possession of it. We are entitled only to the value added and that by labor. When we look at a market and see that it permits profiteering it is not a free market. It is true, free markets are free of regulation but not specifically because the state has no right to regulate trade. Free markets are free of regulations because without the existence of illicit claims of ownership there is nothing to regulate. To create a socialist free market, SFM, we need to eliminate illicit ownership models. If we do not own nature, we all have access to it. Not to the added value of man but the raw materials. There is a lot of confusion attached to the concept of ownership. A polity does not own its jurisdiction, but it retains a right to it provided by the value added to it. Or, think of it this way. A polity is residence of a political jurisdiction. They do not own nature, but they own the value added. So, Canada or Muskoka as geographical areas are not owned, but as places of work, they are protected by those who created the value added to these polities. A factory that does not exist is not owned, but when it exists it is owned by those who work it. Ownership is then centered on sectors or ways of adding value to assets. The construction sector does not own nature it owns the tools and equipment needed to function. The ownership is not absolute or due to a law. The ownership of tools arises out of the value they add to the tools. The sectors own the polity they are in. 
For example, Muskoka is a political jurisdiction owned by the residents through the sectors that add value to the polity. It stands to reason that when value is added to the polity money is created, simply because if OG has added value to a component of the polity, he has value he can trade, directly or indirectly, with others. The value is issued as preferred shares. This is a modern innovation developed to give us a unit of account. The ownership of the polity is represented by common shares. Each resident has one common share which permits voting as a stakeholder in the Commonwealth. As value is added to the polity equity is created. Equity is issued as preferred shares. To facilitate their use as a medium of exchange the term is contracted to prefers and designated by the symbol. Prefers do not inflate and cannot be stolen. When someone adds value, the value added is recorded as a credit to the client's account. As the member purchases goods and services credits are reduced and debits increased. The pile of flint, the waterfall, the ore and all other natural resources are not owned but the do represent potential wealth. If someone wishes to mine gold, they must get a job mining gold and the sector governing mines must be willing to pay him to mine gold. The same goes for all other work. To do work one has to have a job and to have a job one is hired by the sector responsible for paying those who work in that sector. Yet, it does not pay the sector to have members of the sector idle. A social economy is an economy with full employment. Because no one owns assets no group or agency can profit from idleness, neither theirs nor anyone else's. My being idle in a free market does not drive up the value of labor nor drive down the value of wages. It simply means I am not adding value to the assets of the polity through the workings of the free market. Therefore, there is every reason for the free market through the operation of the sectors to find something for me to do and preferentially something I am good at. Thus, a free market is focused on specialization. And as we have mentioned, the key to economic development is to increase the level and rate of specialization. This is something for profit markets are bad at, and free markets excel in, profits not required. When value is added to the free market, it is paid for. Thus, the polity increases in value as value is added to the things within the polity. There are no profits there is only added value or what is termed equity. For-profit money adds claims against the wealth of the community, or what are called liabilities. A profit for Goa is a liability for OG. With no profits there are no liabilities, there is only equity created by specialization.